Let's turn in the book of Isaiah this evening to the 40th chapter. Isaiah chapter 40. We're going to pick it up at verse 21. Isaiah chapter 40, starting at verse 21 and reading tonight through the end of that 40th chapter. Let us hear then the breathed out word of God. Do you not know? Do you not hear? Has it not been told you from the beginning? Have you not understood from the foundations of the earth? It is he who sits above the circle of the earth, and its inhabitants are like grasshoppers, who stretches out the heavens like a curtain, who spreads them like a tent to dwell in, who brings princes to nothing and makes the rulers of the earth as emptiness. Scarcely are they planted, scarcely sown. Scarcely has their stem taken root in the earth when he blows on them and they wither and the tempest carries them off like stubble. To whom then will you compare me that I should be like him, says the Holy One? Lift up your eyes on high and see. Who created these? He who brings out their host by number, calling them all by name, by the greatness of his might, and because he is strong in power, not one is missing. Why do you say, O Jacob, and speak, O Israel, my way is hidden from the Lord, and my right is disregarded by my God? Have you not known? Have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He does not faint or grow weary. His understanding is unsearchable. He gives power to the faint and to him who has no might, he increases strength. Even youths shall faint and be weary and young men shall fall exhausted. But They who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. And they shall walk and not faint. Thus far the reading of God's word. I invite you to keep it open this evening. Let's again bow in prayer. Our Heavenly Father, we thank you for the truth that we can read in your scripture. That in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. We thank you for the work that you have done. And how little that was small we feel, yet we are important to you, and we thank you greatly for that. We ask that you'll be with Pastor Bob as he explains this portion of Scripture to us. I ask this in Jesus' name, amen. And amen. Earlier, we passed out uh, during song service the responsive uh, statement of faith, which is Article 12 of the Belgic Confession, which is... Uh, what we have been studying over the course of these last several weeks in our Sunday evening series. I invite you to turn to that now as we will use this as our confession of faith, understanding, and I know I repeated it multiple times, but it bears repeating 
each and every time. For each of these articles, each of them, those of the Bray's congregation, those of the Reformed faith, were willing to die. One wonders if for some of these, if people would even be willing to suffer but a little bit in the day and age in which we live. But for them, they were willing to put their lives on their line for these statements of faith. Follow along and respond appropriately. Article 12, the creation of all things, especially the angels. When it seemed good unto him, giving unto every creature its being, shape, form, and several offices to serve its creator. For the service of mankind to the end that man may serve his God. some of whom are fallen from that excellency in which God created them into everlasting perdition. The devils and evil spirits are so depraved To the utmost of their power as murderers watching to ruin the church and every member thereof. And are therefore by their own wickedness a judge to eternal damnation. Daily expecting their horrible torments. And also that of the Manichees, who assert that the devils have their own origin of themselves, and that they are wicked of their own nature, without having been corrupted. So we turn back to Isaiah, and we reflect upon Isaiah chapter 40 in light of that which we have also just confessed as well, that we believe. That the Father, by the word, that is, by his Son, has created of nothing the heaven, the earth, and all creatures. We'll not be dealing with the subject of the creation of the angels and so on. We had a sermon series not that long ago that, has, uh, that dealt with that. And we were actually using uh, this article from the Belgic at that time. So you can go back and resource that and... Uh, the annals uh, to come up with that and have a good sleep tonight as well. But for tonight, we want to focus on that statement. We believe that God, by the word, created out of nothing. So three things to consider as we look at Isaiah chapter 40 then tonight. One, the theology 
of creation out of nothing. Secondly, the reality of creation out of nothing. And thirdly, the comfort of creation out of nothing. First of all, then, the theology. Why is it important to have a theology, a thinking about God and about this world that says he created out of nothing? Why is that essential? I mean, if you stop to think about it, out of the six billion plus people in this world, probably less than one billion would even come close to acknowledging God as the creator. And of that one billion, there would be those who would in some way seek to synthesize the modern science of evolution with the creation of count and in some way get away from the out of nothing. Notwithstanding, there are probably a host of people within the Christian church today who would not even bother to really do much thinking about this, but just simply accept that which they have been taught, that which has been promoted uh, by secular teaching, even sometimes within our Christian schools, to promote an idea that, no, God is the creator, but it's not out of nothing. There has been other matter that has existed for all of eternity. Yet, even in Debray's day of 1542, comes the statement, out of nothing. Why is that theology so important? Because it has to do with the being of God. First of all, it has to do with who God is. Verse 28 tells us that God is the everlasting God. Or an alternative way of reading that is that God is the eternal God. He is eternal. Nothing else is eternal. No one else is eternal. God cannot share eternity with anyone or with anything else. Nothing else can be eternal other than God and God alone. So if God is going to create, if God is going to make, if God is going to form, it has to be out of that which is not eternal. Nothing else can be on the par with God. Remember how when, when we were dealing with the Trinity, and if you go into the Athanasian Creed, it goes into so much detail to speak about the fact there are not three eternals, but there are, is but one eternal. There are not three lords, but one lord. There are not three gods, but one god in its explanation of the Trinity. There cannot be more than one eternal god. Matter cannot be eternal. A single solitary atom cannot be eternal. A single solitary electron cannot be eternal. If it were, 
then it is on a par with God. And there is nothing, you see, in our theology, in our belief about God, that can be equated with God. Nothing can have that eternal existence. Nothing. Who out of nothing has created all. So when your professor, when your teacher speaks about the fact that there was this stuff that existed for billions and billions and billions of years, that is a denial of the existence of an eternal God. Now we know that, we understand that. Hopefully we realize that. But the question is, are we ready to defend that? Are we ready to defend it with our grades? Are we ready to defend it with our career? Are we ready to defend that truth? That God out of nothing, because it has to be out of nothing, because else God ceases to be God. Secondly, it's because of where God is. Isaiah is going to great effort to illustrate to us that God is the one who exists beyond. Look at verse 22. It is he who sits above the circle of the earth. And its inhabitants are like grasshoppers who stretches out the heavens like a curtain and spreads them like a tent to dwell in. Where is God? God is beyond that which has been created. God exists beyond the physical universe. God exists beyond the spiritual realm. One commentator points out here that the way in which Isaiah is using the word earth and heavens is to, is to express the fact that God is the one who out of nothing has brought into existence the entire physical realm that we refer to as the universe. But in order that Isaiah does not leave the impression, well then the spiritual realm is eternal, he also mentions the heavens. Here, meaning the entire spiritual realm. Which is why Debray went into great explanation of the angels. Of stating that they too are creations of God. That they too are not eternal. That spiritual realm that exists beyond. That's why they so strongly rejected that doctrine of the Manchis. That 
that was the, the understanding that, that the devils and demons simply, as it were, evolved of themselves. And they're saying, no. God is the creator of the spiritual and of the physical realms. See, because of where God is, because God is the God who is beyond, that which has been made, that which has been formed, that which has been created. Creation, all that exists, all that is, angels, demons, stars, planets, black holes, galaxies, all has come out of nothing. Thirdly, it's because of what God did. Notice we had who God is, where God is, now it's what God did. He created. He is the creator, verse 28 says, of the ends of the earth. As the creator, he has created. Hebrew word, bara, used 50 times in the Old Testament. Only, only and exclusively of God. And its use is restricted always to when it is something that makes an appearance for the very first time. Hence, you don't read it in every day of creation. But when God brings about something new, he is said to have created it. Why? Because it is coming out of Nothing. See, our, our understanding of who God is demands that we confess the fact that God created out of nothing. If God creates out of something, if this world exists out of that which was, then we have ceased to understand and to acknowledge the true God that has been revealed to us on the pages of Scripture. This is important. To deny that God created out of nothing is to deny God. Now you understand perhaps the comment made earlier. That's why they're willing to die. Not going to deny God. And they understood, even in 1542, that if God is not the creator out of nothing, then we are denying who God is. Now, let me just pause and say, that's the very same thing that Isaiah is writing about in Isaiah 40. Because that's what the people of Judah are doing. That's why God comes to them through Isaiah and begins this interrogation. Why? Because they have fallen into the trap of believing that the existence of all things is not owed to God alone. 
Secondly, the reality then of creation out of nothing. Let's go to, to Genesis. Let's go to Genesis chapter 1. And what I want to lay before you is, is just some, very quickly, some text from, from Genesis chapter 1 and Genesis chapter 2 that remind us of this. Why do we confess creation out of nothing? Because that's what the biblical text tells us. That's what the Bible tells you and I. Genesis 1, first verse, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now, it doesn't say, in the beginning, God created out of nothing the heavens and the earth. And you say, well, see, that proves that, that it must have been out of something. No, the word created proves that it is out of nothing. That's what the Hebrew word there means. He created out of nothing. There, there's no other way to take that word that's used here in Genesis chapter 1, then out of nothing. So if I were to say, no, God created out of something, the heavens and the earth, then I'm denying the text. I'm denying what scripture plainly says. But that's repeated. Go down to verse 21 of Genesis 1. So God created the great sea creatures. Now, did those great sea creatures then have some sort of formal, former existence? No, because he's not making them out of something. He is making them out of nothing. He created the great sea creatures and every living creature that moves with which the waters swarm according to their time kinds and every winged bird according to its kind and God saw that it was good. Why is that so crucial? Well think about what the understanding of evolution is. Where does everything begin? It begins with these amoebas that what? Becomes something else that becomes something else that becomes what? Sea creatures. In the evolutionary scheme of things sea creatures are made out of something. In the biblical account God creates out of nothing, sea creatures and everything that fills the waters. Go down then to verse 27. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. Interesting, three times. You want some emphasis? Where did man come from? Did man come from some prior existing creature? No, God created him. Yeah, but he took dust of the earth and formed it. Yes. But then you just have dust of the earth. God created. God breathes into. God bareth out of nothing. Nothing formerly. Nothing that was living did God use. Out of nothing. Go down to Genesis chapter 2 verse 3. 
So God blessed the seventh day and made it holy because on it God rested from all his work that he had done in what? Creation. His work of making out of nothing. But it's not just Genesis. Okay, let's go back to Isaiah. Let's go back to Isaiah. Uh, let's go to chapter 42 because this, this whole theme that we find here in Isaiah continues. Isaiah chapter 42. Verse 5, thus says God the Lord who, what, created the heavens and stretched them out, who spread out the earth and what comes from it. Where did it come from? God created. Chapter 45 of Isaiah. Chapter 45 of Isaiah. Verse 7, God is speaking. I form light and create darkness. I make well-being and create calamity. I am the Lord who does all these things. What an amazing verse. God said, let there be light, and there was light. Wow. Yeah, but God created the darkness. The darkness even has to have a creation. Is it any wonder that in that passage from Isaiah chapter 40, that the Lord is questioning his people, can you? Really search the depths of my knowledge. You can't even get your heads around the fact that darkness needed to be created out of nothing. And yet that's exactly what scripture says. That darkness had to be created and it was created by God out of nothing. Who can know the mind of the Lord? Who can be his counsel? Let's look at one more here in Isaiah chapter 45. It's verse 18. For thus says the Lord who created the heavens. He is God who formed the earth and made it. He established it. He did not create it empty. He formed it to be inhabited. I am the Lord and there is no other. What does he do? He creates. I have several texts from the book of Psalms. Uh, Psalm 33, 6. Psalm 104, 30. Psalm 148, verse 5. But let me get to the last one. So I had Genesis text, I had Isaiah text, I have Psalm text. But let me give you the Jesus text. Because that's what, this always comes down to it. 
okay? With, within Christian universities, even, it always comes out. Well, you know, you can have your own view about creation, you know. It doesn't have anything to do with Jesus. Really. Turn with me to Mark chapter 13. Gospel Mark chapter 13. Jesus is speaking about the end of time, another judgment that is going to come, a judgment that was going to swallow them up in 70 AD with the destruction of Jerusalem, pointing to the destruction of this earth that we found in 2 Peter this morning. Go down to verse 19. Jesus is speaking. Here are Jesus' words. For in those days, there will be such tribulation as has not been from the beginning of the creation that God, what did he do? Created until now. What did Jesus just say? Jesus just affirmed that which we stated in the Belgic Confession, that God, through his Son, out of nothing, created the heavens and the earth and all that is. Jesus just affirmed that. Jesus just affirmed Genesis. He just affirmed Isaiah. He just affirmed the Psalms that speak and testify of this as well. God, what? He created in the beginning, he's going back to Genesis 1-1, and he's saying, how did this happen? God, bara, out of nothing, created. God, who is the exclusive creator, has formed all. Does creation out of nothing have something to do with Jesus? Absolutely. Not only does Jesus affirm it, Jesus did it. And without him was not anything made that has been made. The young people, children, perhaps in your school, perhaps in your college, especially for those of you heading off to secular university after high school here, those of you who are headed off to some liberal arts Christian colleges, you will be challenged upon this. They'll make sure you get in a court. They'll make sure you hear it. Whether it's thrown together as the anthropology of man, whether it's thrown together in some side course, they will make sure that they indoctrinate you into teaching God is not the creator. What are you willing? What are you willing to stand for? It's costly. 
Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake. God is true to his promises, young people. It may change your avenue. It may change the course of your life. It may change your career choice. Professor might flunk you. But God will bless. Thirdly, our third major point tonight is the comfort of creation out of nothing. Let's go back to Isaiah chapter 40. We started there with the theology. Now let's, let's bring it back. And let, let's start at verse 28. There is a shift that takes place starting here. We don't catch it so much in the English, but in the Hebrew you would undoubtedly catch it. Previously in this chapter, the questions are addressed to a plural you. He's addressing all of Judah. God is coming to his covenant people and addressing them as a whole. Starting in verse 28, there is a shift. And the shift becomes this. He is now addressing each of them individually. Have you not known? Have you not heard? The Lord takes a personal interest in each one of us. As I prayed earlier and as Lana had us sing a couple of those hymns during song service, the Lord knows us as his sheep. He knows us by name. Here he's addressing us each. Do you know me? Do you know who I am? See, the rest of what I'm going to say doesn't matter if your answer is no, I don't know the Lord. Then none of what Isaiah is saying in the rest of this chapter applies to you. But if you along with the congregation of Guido de Bray and the Reformed faith down through the centuries can stand and to say, we believe that the Father, by the Word, that is, by the Son, has created out of nothing the heaven, the earth, and all creatures, then I have good news for you. But you need to answer the question individually. This is not groupthink. This is individual. Do you know the Lord? Do you know the sovereign Lord of heaven and earth? Do you know the Lord God who has created out of nothing the earth, the heavens, and all that there is? Do you know the Lord God who by his Son has come into this world, has taken upon himself our 
flesh and blood. Who suffered and died upon a cross to pay for your sin. Do you know him? If so, then listen to these wonderful words of comfort. We all grow weary. We all tire out. Even youth shall faint and be weary. Young men shall fall exhausted. That's life. Life is hard. Life is not easy. Life is difficult. It has all sorts of stressors. It has all sorts of difficulties. Physical, emotional, spiritual struggles of life. Life is wearisome. You say, that's good news? Yes, it is. It's good news because you and I know the Creator. We know a Creator who out of nothing has created all. Think of those stars as Isaiah is addressing this, or as the Lord is addressing his people. Go out, look at them. I know them all. I put them all in their place. They're held in their place by me, and they only move at my command. I know the exact number of them. That creator, who on the fourth day we are told, and he made the stars also. That creator of that incredible power, of that strength, of that knowledge, is the one who comes to our aid. For you see, he has the ability to do so. Came across an interesting passage a few weeks ago. It's found in the book of Acts chapter 4. You don't have to turn to it, but you can if you want. But in Acts chapter 4, the church is under persecution. It has just started. Persecution is beginning. The believers have gathered together and they're praying for boldness. Listen to how their prayer begins. Sovereign Lord. Okay, now understand, you're, you're being, you're, 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 you've just come to Christ. The, the, the whole Christian church thing is just starting. Everybody's against you. The Romans don't like it. The Jews don't like it. Your family don't like it. Sovereign Lord, who made the heaven and the earth and the sea and everything in them. Where do they turn? Where are they looking? They're looking to the creator who out of nothing has made all that is. What a comfort to know that in the weariness of life, even in the midst of persecution, we can turn 
to the one who is the creator. But here's the thing that's even more startling. It's not just that we can turn to the creator. It's that the creator comes to us. This almighty creator comes to us. Turn 90 and 9. What's the one doing? He's lost. Who comes? The shepherd. We were dead in our trespasses and sin. Who comes? The creator. I am a new creation in Christ. You're a new creation in Christ. Made out of nothing. Because that's what we were. We were nothing. We were God's enemies. We were nothing. And yet God, the creator, has out of nothing redeemed for himself you and I, a people who he loves, who he adores, who he takes pleasure in, who he takes joy in. He comes to us. Listen to how the, the, in Isaiah this comes out. Go to Isaiah 41, 10. Isaiah 41, 10. Fear not, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my right, righteous right hand. Verse 14. Fear not, you worm Jacob, you men of Israel. I am the one who helps you, declares the Lord. Your Redeemer is the Holy One of Israel. Verse 17. When the poor and needy seek water and there is none and their tongue is parched with thirst, I, the Lord, will answer them. I, the God of Israel, will not forsake them. See, even youths grow weary with the race of life. Even those marathon runners cross exhausted. But they who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Why? Is it some sort of inner strength that we, okay, yep, come on, pick yourself up by the bootstraps. You can do it. No. It's the creator who out of nothing comes and rescues and saves and blesses and fills. We believe that out of nothing, our God has created. And God's people say, amen. Father, thank you. For your reminder to us tonight of your power, of your might, of your creation. You and you alone are the creator.
of all that is. And you are the one who rescues us. And when life is hard and difficult, and we struggle, you're the one who lifts us up on eagles' wings. And you're the creator who out of nothing has created the heaven, the earth, and all creatures. In Christ's name, God's people say, Amen.